Hi, this is Michael, and you're listening to Soma's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It's our vision as a church to help as many people come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. This podcast is a vehicle to further that vision. If the content has encouraged you in any way, we'd love to invite you to join us in helping us reach more people with the message of Jesus through this podcast and all that we do as a church. You can help by giving on our website at soma.church. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday, we'd love to host you. For more information about location and service times, you can visit us at soma.church. Church. Enjoy the message. Come on, your hands are warm. Put your hands together for King Jesus. Just do that for a couple of seconds. Thank you, Amanda. And it's an honor and privilege and joy uh, to be with my Soma family, my annual visit. How you doing, sir? Have we met before? We've never met, so you have no idea who I am. Dan Leanne, okay, is my name, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia, okay, that's the reason my voice is this way, mother and father are Chinese, that's the reason my face is this way, <laughs> but I live two hours up the road now where I get to serve as a teaching pastor at a great church called New Spring Church, and I love your jeans, man, so we're going to be hugging right after the end of this service, all right, so 32 minutes up there, and then boom, 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 and you and me will be hugging, okay, that's the plan for today, happy Father's Day. Where are the dads in the room? Come on, give us a wave, dads. Put your hands together for them. We love our dads. I'm a dad. It's a tough job, but you're doing a great job. And, uh, and so we uh, just honor uh, your effort, your labor, your prayers, the stuff you do in the unseen to, to keep everything ticking forward. I hope today is full of good food, uh, maybe a round of golf. Uh, maybe, you know, some new hunting equipment. I don't know what you're into, skincare products. I'm not here to kind of put everyone into one basket, uh, but I hope today and many days going forward uh, is a massive blessing. And that's the word I have for you today because uh, Pastor Michael and I were chatting a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know what, like uh, Soma Summer is, you know, he'll be jumping into the book of Proverbs next week and uh, speaking about wisdom, but really kind of go where you feel the Holy Spirit leading you and Having looked at the calendar and seen today was Father's Day, I, I wanted to ask this question, what would a Father's Day message look like if we went to the Scriptures and asked the question, uh, how would God speak to us as our dad? How would He encourage us? How would He uh, put us, His son or His daughter, on His knee and give us some encouragement and the way forward? So I did some study into that question. And I came across a beautiful passage written by a spiritual dad, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that is straight from the heart of Father God. So if you have your Bibles, just go with me quickly to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And this is a charge. This is an encouragement. This is a way forward provided through a spiritual dad named Paul. And he's speaking to a spiritual son named Timothy. But God fully knew in his infinite, eternal wisdom that these words would resonate to Hickory, North Carolina on a Sunday morning in 2023. A room full of God's sons and daughters. But here's a challenge from the Apostle Paul near the end of his life to a spiritual son. Verse 6, the Bible says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, 
and the time for my departure is near. This is the Apostle Paul, like an old spiritual dad, having a conversation with his spiritual child. Hey, I'm at the end of my life. The departure time is near. My journey here on earth is nearly done. It's time to store our tray tables away and bring our seats back to the upright position. My time is done. Here is my challenge to you, son. In the light of the way that I live my life, he declares, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. He goes on to say that there's a crown for me that's going to come from King Jesus. In the light of the way that I live my life, in the way that I redeem my days, in the way that I took every single opportunity to bring glory to his name, I have fought the good fight, I ran my race, and I kept the faith. A word from a spiritual dad to someone on a Sunday morning. Let me pray, and we'll jump into this word. Lord Jesus, help. Amen. I ran a little overtime in the first service. I got told that if I, get to, like, if I stick to time in the second service, I'm getting taken out for a free lunch. And I like me a free lunch, so we're going to go quick. Here's a spiritual dad encouraging spiritual children everywhere to fight the good fight, to run their race, and to keep the faith. Here's the guy at the end of his journey after living a full life, reflecting on his life, and he in turn challenges us regarding the way that we're living our life. Are you fighting the good fight? Are you running your race? Are you keeping the faith? I've been thinking so much about my life recently, primarily because I'm getting old, like old, old. I turned 47 this year, and I'm feeling every single one of those 47 years. I know I don't look 47, because you know how they say black doesn't crack, or Asian done raisin, and I'm like, <laughs> I kind of don't look it, but I'm feeling it. I'm at that stage in my journey where I'm getting injuries in my sleep. You know when you go into bed, you're feeling good, and then somehow you wake up, man, I pulled a hamstring in the night, like I had a vigorous dream. And be married 25 years to my beautiful, beautiful wife, Krista. She's going to be here at the next service, and I've got a 19-year-old daughter who's finished her freshman year in college. I've got a 17-year-old son who's a whole head taller than me. I'm getting old. I'm doing that whole three-time-a-night kind of visit to the bathroom. Oh, you know what I'm saying? When you come on the men or come on the dads in the room, you know, you try to go to the bathroom, but you try to stay asleep. You know, you, you like try to, so when you get back into bed, you just go straight back to sleep. I'm getting old. Doctor's visits are different when you're post-45 for a man. A lot more personal. The young man, you, bro, you got no idea, man. You just enjoy your ripped up jeans right now and the wife of your youth, homie. Because when you get to 45, one of your best buddies who's your family doctor is going to come into the room looking a little strange. He's going to look at you, you're going to look at him, and you go, what, what, what are you doing? And then you're going to find out what he's going to be doing. I'm getting old. Life is short. Doesn't it feel like time is going quicker than ever? Like something weird happened in 2020. 
there was like a glitch in the matrix because now everything is fast forward. It's like the days are spinning quicker. We are nearly at the 4th of July weekend, friends. It was like yesterday we were packing away our Christmas decorations. And now we're going to gather as a nation and celebrate our independence and stand under a sky lit up by fireworks, which, side note, was a Chinese adventure, uh, uh, invention. So you're welcome. <laughs> but it feels like time is going quicker. And years are going by faster than ever. And if we don't stop and really think about how we are living every single day, I fear that many of us will find ourselves one day looking back and giving a testimony of the fact that they wasted their one shot at life. But not for the children of God at Soma Church at our 9.30 gathering. Because I believe in the name of Jesus that we're going to be people who redeem our days. Can someone say a good amen to that? Amen. We're going to make the most of our time. Amen? We're going to treat every single 24-hour period as the gift that it is because yesterday cannot be replayed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We will live our life. So here's the question. Okay, big Asian guy who obviously does a lot of upper body work in the gym but not as much on his lower body. How? How do I live a life that truly squeezes the most out of every opportunity? Well, the spiritual father in the Bible, Paul, speaks to that. He says, I've lived my life and I'm good. In fact, I live my life in such a way I know that I'm going to receive a crown before King Jesus. This crown is going to get taken off and laid at Jesus' feet real quick because he's the king over every king. But I know that I am going to have won my prize because I did these three things. I fought the good fight, I ran the race, and I kept the faith. Here are the three challenges to people who call Father God in heaven, Abba, to his sons and his daughters in this room. Would you fight the good fight? Would you run your race and would you keep the faith? Point number one, I want you to write that one down. Fight the good fight. If you're wise, be like these two young ladies on the front row scribbling notes down. An old mentor of mine used to tell me that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things that God whispers to you about. I'm not saying you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? You know what I'm saying? Get to the end. There's an open book test. One, and I'm messing around. That's not true at all. But it's going to help you if you scribble some things down. iPhones and iPads open up that note app. Thank the Lord Jesus for Steve Jobs as you do so. That's a wonderful piece of technology you have right there. Samsung devices, Google devices. You can put them away. I've got nothing for you for the rest of ever. Because you mess up our group texts with your invasive green bubble energy. I don't care if you got a good deal on that phone from Verizon. You are messing up our cooling blue bubble community. All right, so I'm messing around. You can write some stuff down as well. Fight the good fight. Every child of God making the most of their days is fighting a good fight. Now, when Paul is saying fight the good fight, he's strongly insinuating there's a lot of fights in the earth and not all of them are good. 
In fact, there are some things that you are fighting for and some people that you're fighting with, which in the grand scheme of eternity is a waste of your time. Burn your energy. Expand your calories. Use each day to fight the good fight. There's a kingdom fight. There's a Jesus fight. There's a light that God wants to shine through your life fight. Fight that fight. Come on, it's time to start fighting again in prayer. It's time to start fighting again for your family. It's time to start fighting again for your children, for your sons and for your daughters. It's time to start fighting again for this area around hickory. It's time to fight again the good fight. You're fighting for something. You're fighting against somebody. Just make sure it's a good fight. I remember... The first time I ever got a detention at school. You know what a detention is? You get in trouble, taken to the principal's office. You got to stay back after school. And I remember my mother coming to the principal's office, and I thought, this is it. My life is over. It's been like a good nine years, I feel like. And my mother shows up, and the story is explained to my mother. In Asian culture, shame is a horrific thing and it was a very shameful thing to be brought into the principal's office. And so I I thought, this is it. Hey, you know what? Like, um, uh, I've enjoyed, I've seen a lot, experienced a lot. You know, it was only nine years, but you know, I made the most of it. And so the stories explained to my mother that my brother was getting picked on. He actually was getting bullied. And I stood to the side watching him getting bullied, and I held to my patience for as long as I could before the spirit of Bruce Lee came upon me. (laughs) I needed to jump into that sandbox and kick that kid in the leg. So I kicked the kid in the leg that was bullying my brother, and then I jumped on top of him. I'd never been in a fight before, so I I just instinctively grabbed sand and put it in his mouth. I get dragged off by a teacher. Next thing I know, I'm in the principal's office looking at a furious mother. Like I said, I thought, this is the end of my life. We get into the car afterwards. We're driving home, and my mother is so angry. But she wasn't angry because I'd gone to a fight. She was angry because I told her that I held off for as long as possible before I jumped into the fight. And she said, if you ever see your brother in a fight, you jump into the fight. You do not wait. You start punching. I can still remember this. You start scratching. You bite them. (laughs) And I've lived by that for the last nearly 40 years. If there is a, a fight worth fighting for, I will not hesitate. I will not flinch. I don't care if I lose, we're going in. And there is a fight going on right now in the earth between a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness, between Jesus' army and Satan's cohort. How dare I, how dare you, how dare we stand to the side and and watch this fight rage on and us stand to the side with our arms folded? 
You don't need a, the spirit of Bruce Lee. Allow the spirit of the Holy Spirit, come on, to come over you and jump into that fight. Put on your spiritual armor. Put on a breastplate of righteousness. Come on, a helmet of salvation, a belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel. Pick up a shield of faith. Pick up the word of God and start swinging, start swinging, start swinging. How dare you keep on cursing the darkness and all the craziness in the earth and, and how bad the world is and how, how much is messing, up with ki- messing kids up. No, no. How dare you not jump in and start fighting for your children, speaking identity over your daughters, speaking the word of God over your sons. How dare you not fight the good fight? Soma has grown because there are so many people in this region of North Carolina who were raised in the kinds of churches where God was talked about but never felt. And you've come here and you love the praise and the worship. You love the fact that the teaching makes sense and you can apply it to you every day. But how dare you keep this to yourself? How dare you roll in and And do a couple of Jesus karaoke songs, sit through a priestly pep talk, grab a cupcake and then head out. How dare you not tell the hundred people around you this week that a place like this exists. How dare you stand like a chicken, stand like a coward watching a fight go on and not roll your sleeves up and jump in. This is a good fight. As clear as an engine revving outside in a parking lot. Would your soul rev again and jump into a good fight? There are some men in this room who would tell the story. When I was at college, man, I was there. I was involved. I was serving. I was telling people about Jesus. But then what happened? Life hit you. And you got discouraged a few times, you got overlooked a few times, and you stepped out of the fight. Fight the good fight again. There is an urge in culture for men to be cool about the things of the Spirit. There's this image in the South that the epitome of a man is the strong, silent type that doesn't show any emotion. Can we break that erroneous picture in the name of Jesus and recognize the most powerful man in the room right now is the man on his knees before King Jesus. Show me a humble man and I'll show you someone that God will run the kingdom of God through. Fight the good fight. Number two, run your race. Turn to your neighbor and let him know you got to run your race. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, second choice, you've got to run your race as well. You've got a race to run. Get your mind around that. I don't know if there are any parents here who have had a kid who runs cross country. Like my, my son is doing a season of cross country at the moment. Parents have to volunteer. One of the volunteer roles is to go out early in the morning before the race begins and to put out little flags and little markers regarding how the race should be run. If you don't do your job right, you'll be just losing children left, right, and center. So it's a very precise job. It's a humbling job because you have to get up early before everyone else and you have to go out and put in the effort. So 
a bunch of sweaty 15-year-old kids can run their race. Well, get your mind around this. Your father in heaven got up way before you were even knit together in your mother's womb, and he placed out markers for you to run. How dare you not run that race every single day? How dare you get crippled in that race through fear? How dare you get crippled in that race through competition or comparison? How dare you not run your race? Before cross country, my son ran a season of track because he's the, the most American out of all of our family. He's like embraced all things Americana. He's playing sport. He played a season of baseball, no, baseball, basketball, played a season of football, ran a season of track going to do like cross country now because he's just trying to be all about like kind of I'm going to go out there and play sport. So he's out there last season running track, okay? The only like event that was still open was the 400 meter hurdles, which is a horrible event because the 400 meter, meters is a long way to go and those hurdles are really, really high. My son has never run 400 meters. He's never jumped a hurdle, but he's a tall kid. So hey, jump in there. You're going to do it. And so on the first track meet, I'm a little bit nervous because he's never done this before. But as I'm sitting in the stands waiting for his event, I'm thinking to myself, maybe this is like a hidden talent he's always had. And it took this freak you know, kind of you know, turn of events to reveal the fact that he's a prodigy. Maybe he's really amazing at this. Sure enough, the event comes around, bang, the starter's gun goes off and my son takes off. And after 50 meters, he's winning. He's got no technique, He's running as fast as he can, but he's winning. After 50 meters, I'm thinking to myself, he is a prodigy. I'm telling you, the, the, the D1 college offers are going to start rolling in. He might be running in the Olympics. I'm like kind of Googling, where is the 2028 20, Olympics? I'm like, like... <laughs> now after 100 meters, everyone had caught up. After the 200 meter mark, you know, my son was starting to slow down. You know, by the 300 meter mark, my son had no more energy to clear the hurdles. He was kind of doing this. He was like kicking them over. <laughs> Some of them he was doing this, like it's going under, you know what I'm saying? Like... Now, I'm not sure who won that race. I'm pretty sure I know who came last in that race. But I'm 100% sure that there was a Chinese guy standing in the stands of T.L. Hannah High School screaming at the top of his lungs, go Josiah, go. Just finish the race, buddy. You're doing amazing. I want you to hear this, that you have a father in heaven who sees you, who is on his feet, and he's cheering for you, and he's telling you, I marked out a race for you to run, run it. Finish your race. But my race isn't that cool compared to everyone else. No, finish your race race. It feels like I run so slow and everyone else is running so fast. No, finish your race. It feels like everyone has a really cool destination and it looks, looks so, no, 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 you finish your race. In doing so, you bring glory to your father who marked it out for you. Fight the good fight and run your race. Thirdly and lastly, not only do you have to fight the good fight and run your race, we have to keep the faith. From a spiritual dad to a kid on a Sunday morning, keep the faith. When the challenge is to keep the faith, that is strongly implying that you can give your faith away. 
If I'm telling you to keep something, it means that you can misplace it. You can trade it in for something else. You can discard it. But here the challenge is, is to keep the faith. Faith is the belief that God is up to something good all the time. Faith is the belief that the best is yet to come. Faith is the belief that God is the writer, the, the director, the producer, the star of your story, and he will unfold every single chapter in his time. Faith is the fact that the rain may be falling and the clouds may have gathered, but the sun will be seen and that sun, S-O-N, will shine. This, my friends, is faith. Faith is the belief that mountains can still be moved. Faith is the belief that God is still in control. Keep that faith. And this is a great challenge to many of us because we live in a day and an age where a lot of people have exchanged faith for other things. Some people have exchanged faith for a formula. If we were to be real right now, there are some people here now doing a Jesus thing, and it's basically the path of least resistance. You've worked out the boxes that you feel like you need to check to kind of keep God on your side, and you're just checking them. And you know what? If you're that person, I'm not here to throw shade. I'm not here to throw hate. Hey, awesome that you are in some way, shape, or form exploring Jesus and pressing into him. Something is better than nothing. The only problem is Jesus is the one who said, if you're trying to like save your own life or in other words, work out how this whole Jesus relationship thing goes, you're going to lose everything. But if you lose everything for him in the sake of the gospel, then you find it. Or in other words, your life abundant and life to the full doesn't come from working out the bare minimum and just doing that. It comes from daily saying, I surrender it all to you. Do not trade faith for a formula. Some people have traded faith for fear. I meet so many fearful people in the kingdom of God nowadays. They sing about Jesus being on the throne, but they act like Jesus has left the building along with Elvis. And there's something wrong with that. Fearful, scared all the time, worried, anxious, concerned. No word of a lie, a couple of months ago, I'm walking into our Anderson campus, and I have these two men accost me in the atrium. I'm talking about manly men. I'm talking about lush bearded men. I'm talking about like kind of can groom their beard with oils and berry kind of men. I'm talking about like kind of we lease land in Kansas to hunt deer kind of men. I'm talking about lifted truck kind of men. I'm talking about like kind of doomsday preppers have like 40,000 rounds of ammunition. If the aliens invade, I'm going to their house kind of men. But they come up to me on a Sunday morning freaking out. Early this year, they come and go, Diane, what are you going to do about the China balloon? The what? The China spy balloon. Time out. First of all, I've never heard of any China spy balloon. Did you hear about a China spy balloon? Oh, you heard about it, all right? There was a China spy balloon. And I'm going, first of all, what do you want me to do about it? Are you assuming because of my ethnicity, there's some kind of like CCP hotline that I can, 
second of all, why are you freaking out about a China spy balloon out in the sky watching stuff? You do know that you all have a spy device in your pocket right now or on that chair next to you, sir, that's listening. Ni hao, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hearing everything right now. I don't think it was a spy balloon. I think it was a gender reveal gone wrong. Because y'all Americans take this gender reveal stuff way too seriously. For the record, I don't care. Boy or girl, they look the same to me. As a pastor, I am always just making the mistake. Oh my goodness, how cute is your little girl? Oh, it's a boy. Then why are you dressing like him up in lilac? You know what I'm saying? Like, make it... I don't need to see you hit a golf ball and it go pink. I don't need to see a giant balloon pop and then like kind of blue confetti comes out. I don't care. I think that's what happened. And even if there was a China balloon in the sky, you know who made the sky? My king. And you know who sits above that balloon? My king. And I know that the world feels like it's gone crazy. I know. I know that society feels scarier than ever nowadays. I know it's frustrating. Every single time you think that the world has got as crazy as it's ever going to get, what does the world go ahead and do? The world says, hey, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> but Jesus has not slipped. Jesus has not lost grip. Come on, Jesus is still in control. Can someone say amen to that? So stop freaking out. Stop bowing to the wars and the rumors of wars. Don't let anxiety take over your heart. Don't let your stress bleed into your marriage. You can trust that he is still in control so you have nothing to fear. Don't trade your faith for fear. Don't trade your faith for frustration. I meet so many angry Christians nowadays. That's like an oxymoron. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. This is self-control stuff that we are marked by, not raging anger. Don't allow frustration to become your definition. I know everything is just, I know that everyone's kind of getting angry at people nowadays. It's just, it's, the other day, I was flying back from Dallas, and um, when I got to the E-terminal flying back from DFW, you can tell something was wrong because there were like, like you know, a hundred cop cars around, and there were lights everywhere, and everyone was outside, standing on the side of the curb. And I'm going, okay, this is not normal. And what had happened is that um, alarms were tripped in the terminal, and so there were unsecured people inside the terminal. So to resecure the place, they had to empty out the terminal. So you got a lot of frustrated people. So we're standing in this slam terminal, you know, obviously miss, everyone's missing flights. And there's like kind of this really like ad hoc kind of like line. And I was standing about, you know, halfway through it. And there's like, you know, hundreds or maybe thousands of people behind me. And um, so we're standing there, and everyone's a little bit frustrated. The air conditioning wasn't keeping up. Anyway, someone comes in. It was like slow motion. Comes in 
through the sliding doors, sees how long the line is, and just walks right into the middle and stands next to me. And so people start kind of getting, you can feel like the little, like the, and then someone spoke up and says, hey, you got to get to the back of the line, buddy. And then he says, uh, I've, got a, I've got a flight to catch. <laughs> and then everyone's like, going, we all have flights to catch. And it sparked off. And this guy's like going, you make me move. And they go, I'll make you move. And like, I'm like, I'm in the middle of all of this. And, and the thing that got me is that how my heart jumped to anger and frustration right away. And maybe in years past, I would have had a little bit more grace and a little bit more mercy for what was a pretty kind of unjust situation unfolding before me. And I hate to say it, there are a lot of people who would testify to the same. You fight a lot quicker with your husband or your wife. You get grumpy at your kids so much faster than you used to. You clash with your neighbors or your friends at work so much more vehemently than used to in your history it's because you've exchanged the faith that says there are better days ahead for what the world has bought into just be the most frustrated and angry and then you win not the people of God keep the faith you're going to turn to your neighbor and let them know you've got to keep it you've got to keep it you've got to keep the faith even today as you're having your lunch and today, dads decide because it's Father's Day. What are you picking today? What, what's for lunch today? Are we going to crack a barrel today? We're hitting crack a barrel. Some Sunday chicken. Some catfish. I like catfish. I like the biscuits. I'm a biscuit guy. Don't eat a lot of carbohydrates, but when I do, they're crack a barrel biscuits <laughs> with all kinds of apple butter on it. God bless America taking a fundamental, fundamentally healthy fruit and turning it into apple butter. Only in America. The rest of the world, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Somehow America turned it into something that gives you all kinds of diabetes. At lunch today, I want you to reflect on that question. Have you kept your faith? Or did you exchange it for something else? Keep it. Can someone say a good amen to that? My time is done. The trap door is about to open. So I'm going to stand over here for a little bit. Here's what I want to do as we finish up. Two simple things. Number one, I want to give someone an opportunity to open up their heart to the love and the forgiveness of King Jesus. That's all Christianity is. Some of y'all got fed a lie that being a Christian means that you follow rules and regulations. A bunch of do's and do nots. Now don't get me wrong, because I follow Jesus, everything changed about my life. But I don't get to follow Jesus because I'm a specifically good person. It's that he's good. And he did everything to open up a way for me. He died on a cross. He was buried in the tomb. He rose again. And he's the one who knocks at your heart's door right now. So there are some people who are going, you know what, Dan? I got some religion. 
I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Can we pray a prayer that belie- and believe that heaven will hear it? Can we open up our heart to the love and the presence and the power of King Jesus? So with every eye closed and every heart open, if that's you and you're saying, Dan, I want to open up my heart to Jesus. I want a relationship with Him. I want to live a life that makes the most of my days and I want to begin by saying yes to this invitation into life. If that's you with every eye closed and every heart open, if that's you, would you just lift your hand when I count to three on your marks? Ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand where you are. See, hands lifted everywhere. Let's pray this prayer out loud after me, especially if you lifted your hand. We'll do it all together. Dear Jesus, I open up my heart to you. Fill me with your spirit. I make a decision right now to repent. I turn your way. I'm going with you. Help me by your spirit to live now for your glory. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the people who lifted theirs? Wow. So cool. I'm going to be hanging around the front at the end. Um, If you just generally need a hug, I'm your dude, all right? Um, But specifically, if you lifted your hand, I would love to give you a fist bump or a high five. I'd love to connect with you. If you don't want to chat to me, it's all good. I know I physically intimidate a lot of people. I look like Jackie Chan on steroids. I get it, I get it, I get it. Make sure you grab someone on the way out and talk about this decision that you made. Finally, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. Now, I do that purposefully because there's nothing as humbling as saying that was me with people watching. And the Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I just want to give you an opportunity to experience God keep a promise this morning. And I want you to leave with a gift from God. I want you to receive grace to live out the things that God has stirred in your heart this morning. So if you're saying, you know what, Dan, that word, for some reason, just hit me a little different this morning. That it's been a while since I've really fought the good fight. In fact, I've spent so much time comparing myself to everyone else running their race, I forgot to run mine. Hey, you know what, Dan, that whole exchanging faith thing, you hit the nail on the head. If you need grace and strength to live out a different tomorrow in the light of what you heard today, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, if that's you, would you lift your hand right now high in the sky? Keep them lifted. It's early in the day. The deodorant will hold Lord Jesus, you see these hands lifted. This was a humble act. Promise maker, keep your promise. Give them grace and strength to fight the good fight, to run their race, and to keep the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, I'm going to be down the front. I would have already popped a breath mint. I'm down for a hug. If you're sorry? If you can find out where I'm going to be, I will cover your bill. (laughs) Soima Church, you are a gift to this slice of North Carolina. And God's only getting warmed up. There's more light to shine. 
more Jesus to show, more gospel to share. And by the grace of God, you will. If more and more men and women decide to get into the fight and run their race and keep their faith.